Welcome, welcome, welcome to From the Shed End podcast. Uh, feels good to be back. Episode 14, I believe we're on now. 17, 17. 17? Mm-hmm. Wow, okay, where we're flying. Um, yeah, so welcome back. This is From the Shed End podcast. Myself, T-Dot and Theo. Um, like I said, it's been a while since we've really recorded. We got caught up in the moment of it's coming home, Euro 2020. Um the calmness has calmed down from the Champions League final. But um, how, how are you doing, Theo? I'm good. I mean, you just mentioned it there. I'm still a bit disappointed after the Euros, uh, the final. Um, to lose on penalty is always a bit, bit really tragic and disappointing. But um kind of recovered now and really looking forward to tonight and also the start of the Premier League on um, this weekend. So excited for that. Yeah, and big game tonight as well. So Villarreal... Super Cup. Um, what? What? Well, give me initial thoughts. Obviously, it's going to be a big game. Belfast, Windsor Park, good stadium. What's What's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, obviously gutted not to be in Belfast tonight. A uh, bit of a silly reason why I'm not there. I just had no one to go with. I didn't really feel like going on my own. And I was asking yeah. all my Chelsea mates, "Do you want to go?" They were all away. But I think it's going to be a brilliant game. I think we're the favourites, obviously, and rightly, rightly so. Um, We've played in about, I think, four Super Cup finals and we've only won one of those four against Real Madrid in 1998. And the other three were defeats to Atletico Madrid in 2012. We lost 4-1. Then we lost the penalties against Bayern Munich in 2013. And then we lost against Liverpool more recently in 2019 on penalties again. So this is the one I think we should be winning, you know. Obviously, it's the easier, exactly, we're going to break the cast there from straight back. <laughs> I would hope yeah. so. You know, it's going to be, um, I think it's the one we have to win. Um, I think pre-season, obviously, we haven't really had time to play some of our, you know, some of those Euro semi-finalists and finalists. So I'm not sure about they're going to be match fit for tonight. But otherwise, we've had, you know, a look at some some, some great players in pre-season, the likes of Hakim Ziyech, Hudson Adore, who have really performed, in, in my opinion. And I think they'll, they'll be willing to, they're going to shine tonight. And one, one thing I'll say about Villarreal is they were brilliant in the Europa League um, semi-finals and, and final beating um, Arsenal and Manu. And we know those Premier League tre- teams can be quite tricky to play against. But just, I know we should base it on pre-season, but their pre-season results, they've lost 3-2 to Valencia. They've drawn 2-2 with Lyon. They've drawn 0-0 with Levante. They've lost 2-1 to Marseille. They lost 3-2 to Leicester. And they drew 2-2 with Leeds. So no wins in those last um, six or seven preseason games. So I think we should be winning tonight easily. Yeah, and I, I agree with you completely. I think I think those um, preseason games do count. I think it shows you potentially where they are going into their, their season in La Liga. But um, for, for us, you know, I think from from the games, and I know you went to the, uh, the Tottenham Hotspur game at the uh, at the Mind Charity game at Stamford Bridge um, last week, but it shows kind of where we are, I suppose, going into the Premier League and where Villarreal potentially are um, going into La Liga. Um, but I agree with you, you know, it'd be watch, watching the preseason games and we've seen obviously um, Trevor Chalaber as well, who's been playing really well um, in, in the games that he has played in. Again, hudson Adoy seems to have got a new lease of life as well. Maybe that break and coming into, you know, a new season fresh has helped him. Um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek has impressed me as well a lot. So it'll be interesting to see out of the team, out of the players who will start tonight's game because um, it'd be a shame for some of those who have, 
you know, shined during preseason to to suddenly not be involved in in a game which, okay, they didn't play a part in in getting us to the Super Cup, but you know they've proven that to Tuchel that they are, you know, worthy of at least a start or or be, you know being on the bench. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, and and like like you said earlier, you know, Strike Bay, I agree. You know, we need to try and break that that super super cop curse. Um, you know, nineteen ninety eight is a very very long time. So, um, I, I'm confident. You know, I feel like going into this game with with favourites for a reason. Um, and I, I do think, um, not that it's going to favour us because it's you know it's not it's you know being kind of closer to home. I suppose you know it's only in Belfast. I'm sure there's a lot, and I've I've seen on Twitter there's a lot of Chelsea fans that have gone over um, to. to you know, provide that support as well. So I think it's going to be an interesting game. Um, I'd like to see some of the, you know, the the Euro 2020 sort of, uh, you know, semi-finalists, finalists get into that team. Um, maybe just for a couple of, you know, to get a bit match match fitness or just a couple of minutes as well, just to give them that opportunity to play some football before uh, Crystal Palace on Saturday. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, I think um, I mentioned the two, um, two players that I thought had a great preseason in, um, in Ziyech and Hudson Odoi, and you mentioned the other two, Loftus Cheek and Trevor Chaloba. I think I put a tweet up, and they were my four preseason winners, in my opinion, who probably really impressed Tukor and them not having, you know, taken part in an international tournament in June and um, the earlier stage of July would have really been beneficial to them to really, you know, show them what to, they, they can do to Tukor. And um, I think we're going to play a similar lineup to we did in the first half of the Arsenal and the Tottenham games. Um, I think. A lot of those, you know, Werner, Havertz, Ziyech, Hudson-Odoi, Pulisic, maybe as the wing backs. And um, I think, as you said, if we can kind of slowly maybe bring in the likes of Mount, Reese James, Jorginho, Azpilicueta, Christensen, those players into the team, Chilwell as well, then um, I think that'll be, you know, give them, you know, the minutes they need to hopefully maybe start on Saturday, which is another huge, huge game. But um, but yeah, I'm really excited to, to watch the game and seeing all the fan footage of the, the fans in Belfast is only kind of like getting me even more excited. Yeah, yeah, and I, I agree. I think I think it'd be interesting, um, you know, seeing what lineup he goes with, and for for that reason, because I think obviously with the imminent transfer of um, Romelu Lukaku coming as well, it'd be interesting to see if Thomas Tuchel has to tweak um, how we we played under him last season as to how he's going to play going forward. Um, you know, what well, what's your thoughts initially? I'll, I'll tell you mine afterwards. But what's what's your thoughts? You know, if we do bring in a Lukaku, um, which is is happening, we we know that it's all been signed and agreed. Um, it's just the the formalities that need to be ticked off. But what's your thoughts around um, Thomas Tuchel potentially having to tweak the formation that we have played under him um, to maybe accommodate Lukaku a little bit more? Sometimes I feel like if he needs that second striker or you know someone to play off um, up front. So what's your thoughts? I mean, when you look at since Tuchel. Tuchel took over, he never really, you know, trusted the likes of Abraham or Giroud, possibly even. So we were never playing with a natural number nine. And at times it was always, I, I want to say what we saw from Werner at Chelsea, he is not a number nine. He always drifted on the wing, as we've spoken about before. So it would always be either Werner or Havertz as that number nine. And at times they do a very good job. But, um, you know, we'd always call out for that number nine we needed, whether it was Haaland, whether it was Lukaku, Lewandowski. So now that we've got him, I think, you know, he'll just naturally slot in there. And which I don't know which player will drop out. Maybe Havertz and Werner will rotate or Mount, Mount Pulisic. Yeah, we've got so many options now with wingers, attacking midfielders, even strikers, I suppose. And we have to remember we've still got Abraham and Batshuayi as well. I don't know if they're going to play a part um, with the team next year. There's a, you know, 
lot of these kind of strong rumors now that um, Abraham's off to um, to Roma. I think for you know less than the forty million we were asking from for 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 West from West Ham or Leicester potentially because they're not where he's not um, joining a direct rival in the Premier League. But um, you know when you look at Lukaku at Man United, I think two years two years ago under Mourinho and um, Solskjaer, I think he's gone to Italy and I think I put a tweet up in twenty nineteen saying Conte is going to turn him into a world class striker, and two years later, look where he is now. You know signing back for the Champions of Europe for just under a hundred million. So um, I think Conte is really, I think, credit to him because he's turned him into an amazing player and he's going to come back now. And I think Tuchel is even a, a better manager for his development than anything. Maybe he did want Haaland as his first choice, didn't get him. But I think, you know, seeing a lot of Chelsea fans complain about, you know, getting Lukaku. But I think it's a brilliant piece of business, brilliant piece of business. He's 27, I think, maybe 28. We're going to get at least um, four or five years out of him. And I think, you know, I've mentioned it so many times, he has unfinished business at Chelsea. Being um, a Chelsea fan growing up, idolizing Drogba, um, I think he'll come back to Chelsea with a you know point to prove, and um, that's why I'm, I almost feel like there's a delay in the announcement because there's probably a big marketing video to be announced. You know, um, that's maybe still in the works, but um, but yeah, I think um, it's a great great piece of business, and I think um, he'll naturally slot in, and I don't think Tuchel have to tweak his formation too much, and I think he'll, he'll even persist with that three at the back of the wing backs. I don't think that would change either. Yeah, I'd like to think so. Um, I'd like to think that, you know, Lukaku would just slot into how we play. Um, and, and it'll be, it'll be interesting because like, like Strike Bear says as well, and like you mentioned, um, you know, if we do lose Tammy, does it leave us kind of thin on the ground in terms of out and out strikers? If, we, you know, if we, if we sell Tammy to, to Roma or Arsenal, um, yes, you know, Werner can potentially play their slot in, but, if we're talking about out and out strikers, your Tammy Abrahams, uh, I suppose, you know, Mitsu Batshuayi uh, and obviously Lukaku who comes in, we sell Tammy. Does that leave us quite, quite thin on the ground in terms of what potentially we may need going into a season where we've still got a lot of fixtures, you know, we'll have the, the club world, world club cup as well. Um, obviously champions league, FA cup, league cup, all these fixtures. We we lose Lukaku for say two months. Are we are we kind of leaving ourselves open for for potentially, you know, mm, should, yeah. should we think about keeping Tammy? Is what I'm asking. I suppose. I mean, last season I'm trying to think. We had Havertz, who really didn't really play as a number nine until Tuchel arrives, and then under the Lampard, you know, six months we had Giroud, Abraham, and Werner, which worked and didn't work at times. And I'm thinking if we have just three strike players that can play as a nine. Um, this season, then I think we'll be more than comfortable. And I'm seeing for now. I don't. I think realistically, I don't think Tammy's staying, especially after Tuchel's comment yesterday. Um, I think it will be um, Havertz, Werner, Lukaku, and then Havertz and Werner will still get game time, even with Lukaku on the pitch, maybe as a number ten or on the wing. And that's why I'm thinking: Do we keep Batshuayi? Do we keep Batshuayi just as a you know a backup? As you mentioned, we have the Club World Cup. Um, you know, it's the type of player that we maybe will want to play for, you know, cup games or Champions League group stage games to just so we can re- give a rest to the Lukaku or, or Werner or, or Kai Havertz. But, um, but yeah, there are some few questions, a few questions to be asked because every season, usually we go into it, we have three natural number nines. Whereas this year, it's not, you know, a week until the, pre- not even a couple of days until Saturday and the Premier League starts. And it's still a bit, you know, up in the air who our three strikers are, I suppose. Yeah. And, just talking about the the other sort of deals that have, have sort of left the club. I mean, we've we, we do do quite good business. Um, 
majority of the time we've obviously had some of our stinkers where we've signed players for stupid amounts of money. It hasn't really worked. But um, just looking back to some of the, the players that we have, um, obviously Olivier Giroud's moved on. Um, Victor Moses, I think, has moved on now as well. So we've we've done well in terms of recouping a lot of that money. Obviously, Mark Way's gone to uh, Crystal Palace as well. Um, Fikuri Tomori's gone to AC Milan. Um, so we've, 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 you know, we've got the good part, I think, out of that business by moving those players on, bringing in Lukaku for the 90, is it 96 million, I think, or not, say, say 97, yeah. 97 million. Um, I still don't think we're done. Uh, something tells me we're still not, we, we're not done in the transfer window. You look at the likes of Barcelona, who are literally probably on their knees, you know, waiting for clubs to come and take some of their players off their hands. Um, you know, I suppose Inter Milan are kind of in that same position as well, because there's obviously talk about Martinez going to, to Tottenham. Um, you know, do we do we need to strengthen anywhere else? Well, obviously, we've got the goalkeeper situation sorted. Hopefully now we lost Caballero and I think Jamal Blackman have both been released. So have we have we got enough when we get Lukaku in to then start thinking about challenging for the Premier League this season? Um, I mean, when I looked at the, the squad last season, the only thing that was missing in my eyes was the, that number nine, which we, we've got now in Lukaku. And if we sign, we sell Abraham, sorry, for say 35, 40 million, we're basically paying, you know, in, into Milan the, the 96 or 7 million that they're asking in, in you know, players we've sold because we've also sold Livermento to Southampton for 5 million, Lewis Bates to Leeds United for 1.5 million. If you kind of like, you know, put all those numbers together, you add in the Victor Moses fee, the Tamori fee, the, the, the Mark Wehi fee, then that almost, you know, that comes to almost a hundred million. Yeah. But in terms of whether we're finished with our transfer business, the other name that's always been mentioned is um, Kunde from Sevilla. And I think he's a brilliant player, but do we need a centre-back? I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Zuma can, Zuma's been brilliant at times for us. And even when I was at the bridge last, um, last Wednesday, um, he, he played really well. He played very, very well. He put in a great tackle, I think, on to you know, win the ball back from, I think it might have been Son. And um, especially when you consider that you know, Tuchel was quite stubborn and with his back three of always being um, Rudiger, Silva, Christensen, yeah. and maybe Aspi at times. Yeah. But um, I don't know, it'd be a bit very, very harsh, I feel, if we were to sell Zuma or include him in the deal for Kunde, unless Tuchel is really planning for the future and he wants you know, to bring... Um, Kunde in for the you know next five six years say, but um, but yeah I'm glad we got the goalkeeper situation sorted in Bettinelli um because I think that needed to be done and if we can we don't really, really need to spend money realistically on a third choice keeper so to get him on a on a free was a great bit of business, but um I want to say we're done but at the same time us being you know Chelsea being Chelsea there's probably one last move on the the final day of the transfer window so I think that could be Kunde. I think the reason those rumours have kind of quieted down a bit is because we're focusing on Lukaku now, which is a priority. Mm-hmm. But um, I would not be surprised should we announce Lukaku, say, today or tomorrow, that the Kunde um, rumours and kind of resurface, say, on a Thursday, Friday or by the weekend, for sure. Yeah. And, and ideally, I mean, you'd want, you'd want to um, get both, you know, Lukaku and Kunde, those deals done before the kicking off of the Premier League, just so that, you know, everyone's in, in the camps together and, you know, you can kick on with your season. But, um, 
Yeah, I think Stripe Bear says it there, you know. So, um, you know, Kunde can imagine playing central defence uh, midfield, you know, he loves to be higher up the pitch. So that's that's a good shout as well. I think mm-hmm. that gives us another option as a, a you know, defensive midfielder. Um, I think yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think we'll, I think we will get him. I think we'll we'll get him. Um I think like you said Lukaku's been the priority. Obviously Haaland would have been been amazing, but I think there was at some point I remember watching the Euros. I know he was um Haaland wasn't there, but just watching the Euros and it just suddenly something just clicked and I thought we're not actually going to get Haaland. And I think I said that to you. I think I mm. I messaged you and said I think I've just resigned to the fact we're not going to get him. He's not budging this season. You know, they've just sold um Sancho to United as well. So to, to sell two of their key assets in one season and not really have the option to replace them. It was never going to happen. So I think we've got the second best in Lukaku. Um, ideally, I would never have wanted to see Harry Kane, if I'm being honest. Yes, he can score goals. He's a brilliant goal scorer. But we have to be honest, you know, he's, he's 30, 30 now, is he nearly? 20, 28, Late 20s, maybe approaching yeah. 30, yeah. He's, he's approaching his 30s. He's got glass ankles, which we've all spoken about before his injury records really abysmal um I, I think we've got the best bit of business i think we've done really well in this window as much as we haven't really signed anyone um i don't think we needed to sign anyone if i'm honest in terms of um you know going out and just spending free for all um as, as some clubs do um but i think we we were, we were set up really well last season set up well enough to win the champions league so that kind of tells you something already um the number nine was obviously the issue that we we've spoken about on the podcast before. And obviously um, the goal, goalkeeper situation had to be resolved and maybe a center back. I think if we bring a center back in, someone has to go and I think it will potentially be Zuma. Um, I think obviously we've got Thiago Silva who again, we're probably going to get another season out of him. Um, maybe, maybe he'll be there the season after just as a, you know, for the, the experience around that young crop of defenders that we're potentially going to have. But I think it'd be a shame for Zuma because I think after his injury, there was always that question mark whether he was actually going to get back to that level of um, where we knew he could get to, you know, and he, he's kind of proven that. Obviously, he's been on loans to Stoke and Everton, I think, hasn't he, since then. But he's, he's built himself back up to almost a defender that we kind of potentially expected him to be. Um, I think it'd be a shame if he goes, but I can understand if he wants to play first team football, a World Cup coming up next year, is he really going to play much football under under Tuchel if we, we sign Kunde as well? So I, I think it makes sense if it's Zuma that does end up going. I understand the reasons as to why, but it would be a shame. Um, but I said the same with Tomori. You know, I thought Tomori had a part to play at Chelsea as well. Um but yeah, you know, I think if we get Kunde, then he's he's brilliant. I've watched him a lot, so he's definitely, you know, in a way, kind of a step up from Zuma in in the nicest way possible. But um, I think that's one of our issues. I think we've got too many centre backs. I think even yeah. looking at Malang Sar, who um, I think has gone back out on loan somewhere, and I'm not sure if he's still or if he's is he due to go on loan. I think. I think he's not included in the Super Cups traveling squad. So I think any player that's not been included in that squad is looking maybe to find a loan. But um, it wouldn't surprise me if he's maybe a prem loan this time because he was at Porto mm. last season. Porto. Yeah. But yeah, a lot yeah. of centre backs and Padu as well. Yeah. Um, Trevor yeah. Chaloba yeah. as well. Um, yeah. And then you mentioned Tomori being sold. We also sold Guehi. So it's almost like we had um, you know we were overwhelmed with good centre backs as well, which is a shame. But. Um, as much as the Guehi moved, you know, it pained me. Like the Tomori one, 
it kind of makes sense if realistically they're not going to be playing football and they're, they're good enough to be starting for a Premier League team week in, week out. Yeah. Then, you know, let them leave and let them develop elsewhere, I suppose. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I read yesterday that we've, we've transfer listed some players okay. at last. Um, so I think Ross Barkley is one of them. Um, oh, I'm going to let you answer because that, that facial expression told me you wasn't sure. I mean, he's, we've spoken a lot offline about Ross Barkley. I think on his day, he's, he's amazing. He's absolutely world-class. Yeah. I still remember that goal he scored against Liverpool in the FA Cup. And, you know, that's why he, you know, he shows glimpses of that. And always in preseason as well, he looks amazing. But as you, we also said, he, he doesn't look after himself properly in terms of his body. You know, he likes to party, you know, um, he enjoys, you know, the London nightlife and even the Liverpool nightlife. But, um, it's just a shame because I feel like he's got such a high ceiling but hasn't reached that yet and his potential is so mm. really there. And, you know, it'd be a shame, you know, we, we, we kind of had a lot of faith in him giving a number eight um, kit as well. So it'd be a shame to see him leave. But um, I think it does make sense. And, you know, he didn't really could even start towards the end of the season at Aston Villa. You know, what makes you think he can start at Chelsea with the talent we have now up front? So um, it'd be a shame to see him leave. But um but yeah, I'm putting that face because it's almost, you know, a face of disappointment, you know, that he didn't really reach that level. Yeah. And and I think, it, I agree, it's a shame because I think he's, like you say, on on his day, he, you know, he's he's a brilliant, brilliant player, but I just don't know, he doesn't do it. He's not consistent with it. And I think that is probably, and again, you know, we're not at the training ground, so we don't, you know, we don't get to see what Tuchel and the coaches are seeing every, every day. But I, I just think, even at Everton, you know, I think there was always going to be that underlying issue around Barkley and brilliant player, but there's so much baggage that comes with that player that it just makes it difficult probably for the club. Um, so I, I kind of, again, he's very similar to, um, you know, the defenders that we just spoke about. Is he really going to get much game time? Um, you know, ideally, if he goes to a club that he's going to get game time, again, could he push himself into the World Cup squad? You know, he he's a good player, so he could potentially do that, but he's got to have his head screwed on. He's got to focus on his football um, and, and yeah, you know, kind of reinvent himself at a club because I feel like he's he's got to the point now where he is the, the lone man, you know, he goes on loan and he does well there, does half, half a season, does well, gets into a bit of trouble and then gets injured and then tries to come back. And it's just, he doesn't want to become that player that is just loaned out everywhere Um very similar to Victor Moses. I know they're different players, but constantly being loaned out, you want to you want to find a home and a club that you can play for um, and try and build a bit of a legacy for yourself as well. But I, I agree with you. He's a, he's a good player, but yeah, I, I think his time at Chelsea is done. Um, very similar to Danny Drinkwater, who mm-hmm. um, I know is, again, is probably one of our spoken players on this podcast, but I think his time's probably up as well. I think when I mentioned about the bad business that we sometimes do, I feel like that might be one of them um, where, you know, we kind of missed the target on the, on, on Danny Drinkwater. Yeah. A bit of a late summer panic buy maybe in Drinkwater, um, you know, just won the Premier League, maybe two seasons before, you know, we spent, I think 36 or 38 million on him. Didn't really work out. And it's, it's quite funny seeing him back in a Chelsea kit, like with Bakayoko at Stamford Bridge last week and in pre-season. It's like never in a million years where I thought I'd be seeing these players back at the bridge. But um, the one thing I will say about that position that Drinkwater plays and so does Bakayoko is 
sending Gilmo out on loan leaves us with Kante, Jorginho and Kovacic. Should one or two of those players get injured, do we drop Mountain up, you know, that CM role? Do we do we maybe play one of them, you know, the centre-backs potentially in that role? You know, we spoke um Striper put about, you know, Kunde potentially playing a CDM, whether we can, you know, play maybe Zuma. I know he played the League Cup final in 2015 in that position as well. But if he stays at Chelsea, but it does put a short in midfield. I mm. don't really think Drinkwater has a future at Chelsea, nor does Bakayoko. But that is an option, you know, bringing in maybe a similar to what I said about Batshuayi just for the cup games, but have that centre, centre mid that can, you know, just play the game to give the other players a rest. So I think... Um, Rightfully so, probably transfer listed. But what makes these players probably unsellable is their wages at Chelsea. Yeah. They're probably on such high wages that no other, you know, lower team Premier League club could afford to, you know, sign them on a permanent deal. That's why they're constantly getting loaned to Premier League teams. You know, Trinkwater was in Turkey last last season. That's realistically probably what they're doing now. And a funny with Barkley, I was going to add about Barkley is um, I saw him. He was on his Instagram story. He was training at my. Um, he was in a gym at my tennis club nearby. And I was kind of thinking. Can't he use the Cobham facilities to, you know, go to the gym? <laughs> I was a bit confused by that, but he was there. So maybe he's just trying to get match fit, you know, in get his extra fit. time as well. Yeah. yeah. So, like, like I say, he's, a, you know, he's obviously a professional to an extent, but I do feel like, you know, that London lifestyle has definitely been passed down from when he was in Liverpool. Um, and I know, you know, there's, it's easy for me to say that as not being a footballer, but I just think, sometimes you've got to get your head screwed on and just mm. focus on the football, which I think, you know, if he did that, he'd be, I'm sure he'd be one of the team. Uh, he'd be being our team. You know, he's, he's one of those kind of players that he is effective. So you can, you can imagine if he was actually on the ball all the time, then he'd potentially be, you know, in the starting 11. But um, one of the other names that I wanted to mention was Zappa Costa, who seems again, like one of the players that is the forgotten men. Um, at Chelsea what's your thoughts on him because uh, he played some of the, the pre-season didn't he I think yeah. Was it the... he got, yeah, he got he, a fair he bit of game on. time in um, pre-season yeah. and um, I think what I like I like a bit more about Zappa Costa than Barkley and Drinkwater he's a lot more quiet off the pitch in the way and um, he did have a role in that um, Europa League campaign under Sarri he was playing a couple of those Europa League games I think he even featured later on in the final mm. right but right um, right back right wing back potentially are we just are we happy to you know keep playing um Aspi and and Reece James in that position and then more recently in preseason we've we've you know we've tested out Hudson Odoi and um, yeah. Pulisic at times in that position so another one I think um potentially to play those cup games but nothing more than that if we were to keep him so I think it makes sense to to put him on the transfer transfer list. It's it's a shame we never got Hakimi because I think I think if had we got him I think. Um... Yeah, I, I don't yeah. really want to talk too much about rival teams <laughs> now, but I did watch the PSG game um, last weekend, and he scored a cracker. He scored a cracker yeah. for them as a right yeah, wing but back. So, but but I'm I'm impressed. You know, I've, I've been impressed because um, I think um, Hudson Odoi played games. I'm going to say maybe the Leicester game last season at right wing back. There was yeah. a game which he he came on or he Palace he away, on. I think as well. I think he played Palace, Palace away. Yeah. 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 So he he's proven that he can do it. He does it really well. Um, it's a, you know it's an option. I think he'd be third choice, wouldn't he? If it was, you know, we were down to the bones and we didn't have Reese James or, um, you know, Cesar Espelicueta at that position. I think you know Hudson Odoi can fill in there. So it's a, it's an option, um, a very good option to have as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, we'll that- see him tonight. We'll see him tonight as right wing back because I think James and Aspi yeah. won't start. Meaning no. Hudson Odoi would be the natural one to, to play um, play uh, the right wing back position. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I was going to ask you as well, because obviously for me, Conor Gallagher 
impressed me at West Brom um, last season. And yeah. I was expecting out of all the players that we, I kind of expected Billy Gilmore to go on loan, if I'm honest, but I think Conor Gallagher was one that I thought potentially might stay. Um, maybe fight for a place, you know, maybe maybe play some of the cup games or like you said, the group, group stages of the Champions League as well. But um, was you surprised to see Conor Gallagher move out on loan or did you think that was potentially going to happen with the, the number of sort of players that we've kind of got there? Um, obviously Loftus-Cheek as well. Um, I thought I thought it kind of made sense for him to go out, out and learn. I thought Loftus-Cheek kind of, you know, wanting to cement himself back into the team and Tuchel, you know, even mm. praising him before when he was still at Fulham, comparing him to Michael Ballack, already indicated yeah. that, um, you know, he rates this player. And even recently, it's almost like he's criticising um, Loftus-Cheek, but also praising him, saying, you know, I want him to give 110%. You know, he's not doing the best that he can. He's got such a high potential. So it almost seems like he wants him to, you know, get back, you know, on his feet and, you know, find re, kind of refine that form that he had before that injury in that preseason friendly. So um so I think the Gallagher move to Crystal Palace makes sense. I think similarly to Ampadu, I was gonna say, you know, they both went to Sheffield and West Brom, who are teams fighting relegation. You could maybe say the same about yeah. Loftus Cheek with Fulham, but I think going to Palace from West Brom's a step up. So he's done Swansea now. He did Charlton, Swansea, West Brom, and now he's at Crystal Palace. And that's a step up for me. Crystal Palace from 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 those teams to Palace is a step up. So I think, um, I think Vieira's kind of, you know, he got rid of a lot of kind of older players. They have a very, we talk about Palace maybe and then, and then a few, before the, the game on Saturday, but um, they've got, they managed to kind of, you know, bring the, the average age of their squad down a lot this summer. You know, they, I think they released Cahill, they released Scott Dan, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Mamadou Saka is not, no longer there. They brought in Guehi, they brought in Gallagher. They're going to, I think Eze is injured, but he's going to be the core kind of, you know, focus of that team with maybe with Zaha. But um, I think what they've done a brilliant bit of summer business, Crystal Palace. And I think Gallagher is a great signing for them. I was, I'm just disappointed that it's not Lampard, the Palace manager. Yeah, yeah we did, we did but, say that, didn't we? Yeah. We did say potentially Lampard. Yeah, but a good yeah. move for him. Really good move for him. I'm happy. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I, I think I would I would love to have seen, and I'm sure he's going to come, you know, he's, he's such a talent, Conor Gallagher. So I think his time will come at Stamford Bridge where he's, you know, um, he's just on that journey of, of making it to Stamford Bridge as a, you know, a, a starting 11 kind of player. But um, he's got bags of potential. Same with Billy Gilmore. You know, I think they're both the future of Chelsea as well. Um, and, and yeah, you know, we'll have to see how they pan out. But is there anyone that, has gone out on loan or anyone, well, I suppose on loan that the ones that have been sold have been sold, but is there anyone that's gone on loan that you've, you've sort of thought, Oh, I wouldn't have done that. Or it's not the right club that I would have sent them to. Cause I, I, I think we've done really well this season. Um, it, yeah, I, I do think there's the players that have gone out on loan, I suppose in, in hindsight, yes, yeah, you know, they do make sense, but is there anyone that you think I would have probably not had them go there mm. to that club? I think all of our transfer business this summer has made sense. Just maybe the yeah. Livermento move for me is a bit, um, mm. you know, he was our young player of the season last year. Uh, we didn't even learn him. We sold him to Southampton. Yeah. I think we put, we put in a buyback clause, but, um, but it's the type of move where you're thinking, are we just trying to get as much money as we can from, you know, academy players or did we realistically, did he realistically say, I'm not going to break into this Chelsea team. I want to leave. It was a bit of a, a weird one, but um, but if he wants game time and if he does eventually come back to Chelsea, if we manage to buy him back somehow, then fair enough. And for you know now that he'll you'll get game time in the Premier League, maybe we'll we'll see that maybe he's not to the level, maybe he is to the level. So 
that was the yeah. one that kind of you know raised my eyebrows in a way thinking maybe a loan would have been more sensible than a than a permanent move but um the Gilmore one the Gallagher move I think those are perfect loans for those players and the right clubs for them I'd say yeah yeah and like we mentioned before and I know Strike Bears just mentioned it as well around the uh sales that we've had this year um and I, I know you mentioned it as well Theo that they basically total up the Lukaku fee as well so we do do good business um you know we, we, we're quite spot on when it comes to that and I think as well um even our loan fees you know we, we've put quite when we loan out players we, we've got really good deals on loans um so I think even the loan fees sometimes they bring in and generate a lot of money for us as well but um I just wanted to quickly before we 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 round off um talk about the Premier League as a whole. I know we're going to dive in each week to the to the games, but um I just wanted to get your thoughts on on how you think we'll fare across the season. Um what is realistically our our uh, objectives this season? Are we pushing for the league? Um maybe not even just the Premier League, you know, what what is our expectations? Because obviously, you know, City have spent 100 million on Grealish already, potentially 150 on Harry Kane as well. Um, Manchester United, I think, have just spent under 100 million on uh, Sancho. They're looking to get the uh, Varane deal done as well. Liverpool, I think, have only brought the one, haven't they? Um, Kanate, yeah. Kanate, I think they've only brought him in. So I'm sure they'll do a bit of business come the, yeah. uh, the end of the transfer sure. windows. They're getting Van Dijk and... Gomez back as well, which will feel basically like new players. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, my yeah. my thoughts is last season, I think you know, without Lukaku, we're challenging for top four. This season with Lukaku, we're challenging for first place, and that's what makes the difference. I think having that striker in Lukaku, so having him, I think we're challenging Man City for that first place. And I realistically, I can't see any other team based on the current squads win the Premier League other than Chelsea or City. I think. Yeah. And even in a Champions League, I think Chelsea, City and PSG are the three for me. You know, the two Spanish giants in Barcelona and um, and Real Madrid, they were weak last season and they lost the, the La Liga crown to um, to um, Atletico. Atletico but, yeah. but they even, they feel like they've even gotten weaker this summer. You know, Real have lost Ramos and Varane. Um, they, I know they've signed Alaba, but and then Barcelona have lost Messi. So um, in a Champions League, I'd have to, it's hard to look past City and Chelsea. And um and uh and PSG but Premier League that's the focus of the question um Chelsea City again I think um Man have done some good very good business particularly Varane and the free but um I think some of those players you know you look at Martial you look at Rashford the very inconsistent injury prone as well I think Rashford's having surgery until maybe the you know the, the October November time he might, yeah. might he won't be fit I know they've got Fernandez, but they haven't really signed maybe that centre mid that they really needed potentially, which I think was the most important thing. I think like Maguire was very kind of underrated last season, so maybe a centre back maybe wasn't the primary primary focus. But mm. if they can find that perfect CB to partner of Maguire, then good for them. But um, I think there's nothing saying that we can't challenge City for the Premier League crown uh, next season. Um, and I think yeah. Tuchel we have to remember last season he only got half a season um, he came into in January only had five months had the, I think we had the third best defensive record in the league players like Werner contributed to 22 goals they're only going to get better I think as well we have to remember that Kai Havertz was only starting to show true you know true glimpses of his true potential in the latter part of the season so I think we'll see the best out of him as well and he scored against Arsenal cracking goal as well in the in preseason um, 
who who will win between Chelsea and City is very tough. I think it's quite hard to you know save without watching a couple of Prem games. But um, yeah. but yeah, I think we can we can challenge for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it'll be interesting. I think we have to get off to a good start, and I, I think we will under Thomas Tuchel. Um, we have to remember as well that we're going to lose Mendy in January. I think for the African Cup of Nations, which is a big big loss. You know, he's. No disrespect to Kepa, and I think that's maybe one of the reasons why we have brought in, um, you know, Ben Tanelli as well. Because I know you've watched him uh, when he was at Fulham, so you you know a lot about him. But I think we've got to get we've got to get off to a good start. I think if we're playing catch up, you know, um, October, November, and we go into that Christmas period, kind of needing, you know, you only need to to lose first place by 10 points or you know 13 points and then it's it's a massive uphill struggle to, to bring that back that gap back down so you know in a crucial time of the season we're probably going to lose one of our best players in Mendy who's a brilliant goalkeeper um you know it's going to be interesting I, I I do think if City do get Harry Kane which it's looking very likely at the moment that they might do that um it is going to be tough. It's going to be very tough. I think I think it's going to be a three-horse race. I think it's going to be City, Chelsea and Liverpool. I think those are the three teams that will push for the league. Um, it's going to be, I'm, I'm hoping it's close. I want it to be a close, as close as possible until we can just, um, you know, branch off and, you know, win, win it in style, give us a couple of games to celebrate and enjoy the, the remaining end of the season. But um yeah, I think we've we've got everything now. I think we we struggled last season. Jorginho being our top goal scorer told us everything that we needed a number nine. So you know, bringing in Lukaku makes sense. We've got the goalkeeper situation sorted. Um, you know, Kunde if he comes in, another option at centre back or you know, CDM as well. So I think we've got the whole package sorted, ready for the season. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that we're going to win the Premier League. I'm yeah. going to say it from now. I'm going to come back to episode 17. I'm going to come back in May and I'm going to replay this. I'm going to put a clip of this in to the next episode at the end of next season, well, this season. And when we're winning the Premier League, we're going to be both hungover. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be celebrating. We're going to win the Premier League. I'm going yeah. to go out there and say it. So in terms of the Champions League, it's anyone's game. And I think, it, I mean, PSG should win it. Let's be honest. They should win it. They've got the best three forwards in the world at the moment so I think they should potentially win it um, that doesn't always mean that you win and no. you, you've we got said to the same about them last manager. season we said they were going to win it course. last season and they didn't so yeah um, but they have done I mean if you want to talk about who's done the best mid- business in European domestic football it has to be them you know they've got a lot of their players on I think free transfers as well uh, obviously Donnarumma is a good goalkeeper they've got um, Widji from Liverpool um Obviously, Ramos. Messi's gone in there now. Ramos as well. So they've got, you know, they've got the, the squad, haven't they, to win the Champions League? But it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win the Champions League. So, um, listen, no one, no one had us down to win the Champions League last season at all. Um, so anything's possible, and it all depends on your group as well. I think you know, you journey to the final. You know, it depends on how that goes as well. Yeah, and I think we're, we're in pot pot one which means we can potentially get PSG in our group so um <laughs> which is tricky because they, they didn't win their domestic league but um yeah but yeah as you said anything can happen in a Champions League it's 13 games to the final um whereas Premier League is 38 games which is arguably harder you know a, yeah of the, on the course of like a longer season that's why we're going to need that a bigger squad I think bringing in players like Loftus-Cheek and maybe having Chiloba as well 
or in the, the yeah, traveling squad for tonight. Challenge. I think that will make sense to have them. But um, but yeah, I'm going to kind of just um, echo what you said and say we're going to win the league as well so we can both be yep. together, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I agree. So, um, yeah, so going back to um, tonight, obviously we've got the big game Villarreal. What's your predictions? What What's your thoughts? I think we'll win. I think it's about time we win that Super Cup. Um, I mean, I was probably, I was only one years old when we won it in 1998. <laughs> so I'm not going to count that as a victory, but <laughs> four, four is my lucky number. So um, this is the fourth time of asking, so we'll win. Um, I'm going to say 3-1 Chelsea. I think we'll concede one just based on like, you know, preseason sloppiness and maybe a couple of rotations in the last 20, 30 minutes. But I think we'll win 3-1, um, 2-0 up at halftime, I'd say. Yeah. I think it'd be I think it'd be comfortable. I think we'll I think we'll dominate the game. Um looking back, like you mentioned at the start of the, the episode around the, the number of games that Villarreal have failed to win during preseason and watching our preseason games the way that we're playing, it's almost like we have to an extent picked up from the back of last season. Um obviously we've had a lot of players missing from those games as well and we've still managed to look convincingly decent during those games as well so I think it'd be interesting it'll be good to like I said good to see some of the you know Mason Mount, Espia Quetta, uh, Chilwell, Jorginho those players that were involved in the Euro 2020s um, getting back into to the swing of things as well um, there's not a lot of time I'm sure they've been you know training every day etc but there's not there's, there's not a lot of competitive football that they've probably played since the Euros um, so it'll be good to get them back on the pitch and see how they do. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for two 0 I'm gonna go for two 0 Villarreal are, are not an easy team to play. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, and I think they are quite they're okay defensively as well. So, um, but I do agree with you. I think it will be quite a say a sloppy game, but there'll be you know it's gonna it's, it's gonna be like a preseason game, isn't it? So yeah. there'll be a lot of mistakes. There'll be fatigue. There'll be all that kind of stuff that you expect in um, in a preseason game. But I do think we'll we'll come out victory two uh, 0 lifting the trophy, bringing it back just, from Belfast. I just hope this season we can just set the tempo from tonight and just almost kill games yeah. off early, which we struggled to do at times last season with just one nil leads, two one leads. So if we can get like a two 0 lead at half time and then maybe score a third, you know, early on in the in the second half, then that's what I'd want to be seeing. Especially if we go in Lukaku just be more clinical and kill games off. And as you said, Villarreal won't be easy, but we'll be lifting the trophy, I think, come tonight. Yeah. yeah. And then and then afterwards, we, we announce Lukaku, that deal, I reckon we'll get. I think they'll end. If we win, I think that it'll be announced tomorrow. Yeah, uh, I really I do. Think so. um, I know he's in Monaco, but I'm pretty sure everything's been done now. He's probably just yeah. waiting around for it to be announced. Um, but He'll yeah, be at the bridge on Saturday. You'll be at the bridge on 100%, Saturday. 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I hope so anyway. Um, I think you, you're going, aren't you? You've got, yeah. you've got your ticket secured. So, um, yeah, we'll be we'll be doing obviously the the preview and the review of that game. Hopefully, three points on Saturday, um, three PM kickoff, I believe, isn't it? So um, that'd be an important game. But yeah, two 0 I'm going for three one from Theo. Um, we'll be bringing that trophy home from Belfast, a hundred percent. But um, for those who aren't listening live um, or not watching on YouTube, um, you can follow um, our Instagram and Twitter accounts. So the, the Twitter is at from the shed end. That's all one word at from the shed end. Instagram is at from the shed end and it's underscore 
in between each of the words. Um, you can also follow myself on Twitter at this is T dot and Theo, do you want to just give the listeners, uh, your, your socials just so they can find you? Yeah. You can follow me at Sesky time. Um, so you'll know it's me for the Sesk Fabregas picture. Um, posting a lot of Chelsea content on there as well as match day footage. So, um, make sure to give me a follow. Right. Thank you guys for listening. Stripe Bear, you've been amazing as well. You've been a partic- participant in this uh, episode um, just before we we, we closed down. Uh, so apparently yeah, Roma's general manager has flown into London to complete the Tammy move. So it seems like it's, uh, it's picking up a bit of pace there with Tammy Abraham, um, something we might be able to cover on the next episode. So thank you all for listening. Uh, this has been From the Shed End Podcast, episode 17. Join us again for more Chelsea content. <laughs>